is the Big Church Podcast. I'm excited this morning. Anybody excited? Oh my gosh. We had retreat this weekend and it's brought me back. I'm just fired up. I'm ready to take on hell with a squirt gun. Anybody want to go with me? Let's do it. Hey, online, I know we got a little crazy in there, but sorry, not sorry, because God, when God moves, you go where he wants you to go. So we want to say hi to you. And good morning, each and every one of you all that showed up this morning. We are so glad to have you here. And we started a new year. We're 10 days in the new year. How many's happy about the new year? How many's already made your resolutions? How many of y'all already broke your resolutions? I ain't even going to talk about my workout, my workout and my tr- nutrition yet because I haven't started it yet. But we had Vision Sunday last Sunday. Was that good? I mean, God took us to a new place, and we had staff retreat this weekend where we just laid out the vision for the church for the whole year, and, and we're just excited what God is doing. And we started a fast last Monday, and, and let me just tell you, how's the fast going for some of you all out there? I love that Eric is sending me pictures. Every time we turn around, he's giving me new ideas for something to eat. And what you send me is really, really good. But let me tell you what else I'm really impressed with. I'm impressed with, he says, I want to get closer to God during this time. Fasting without prayer is a diet. We're taking this time to get closer and closer and closer to God. So as we continue this fast for another 14 days, I'm going to ask you to do something different. Increase your prayer time. Increase your word time. Increase the things that God's asked you to do. And I'm telling you, when you get to the other side of it, you're going to say, man, I need to fast every month. That didn't get a lot of amens on that one. (laughs) Pastor, let us get through 21 days. Then we'll talk about later on. But let me be honest. Everybody needs a refresh right now, right? You know, it's hard, to find thing, it's hard to find refresh sometimes when things are just constantly changing all around us. We got adults and parents that are stressed about their jobs, they're stressed about their finances, and they're worried about their health, and they're worried about the health of their kids, and not just the, the regular health, but the physical and the mental health of what goes on with, with what's been around us. They have to make hard decisions each day. And we got students, we got kids that are, um, they're changing from online classes to in-person classes. And it's just a craziness out there right now. They're trying to keep their grades up. I've been hearing that, that A students are now, some of them are B and C students because it's just not the same as being in the classroom. And they're having to adapt to everything around them, family and friends and sports and just be honest with you, it can be overwhelming at times. This season has caused some fear. The season we came out of, not the one we're going into. Let me preface that. Not the one we're going into, but the season we came out of has caused a lot of fear. It's caused a lot of old mindsets to come back. It's caused a lot of habits to reappear where they weren't before. It's caused complacency, and it's just caused a lot of damage. We must hit refresh to open up all the possibilities that God has for us in 2021. I'm going to give you four R's this morning to hit refresh. If you think you've had a bad year, let me just tell you a story here. The Babylonians had taken Israel captive, right? I'm going to tell you an Old Testament story. 
They had taken them captive. And for 70 years, they had been in exile from their home country. They had been uprooted. You think you've had a bad year? They've been taken slaved to another country and been uprooted from their homes. And they were discouraged, wondering where God was. They were discouraged, wondering even if God was still there or if he would ever show up for them again. But Isaiah 40, 31 says this. But those that wait, and I wrote hope in there, on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall, say renew. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The very first thing it says there is wait. OMG, is that a hard one? How many impatient people do we have in the house? That are, oh, we, we, we do need an altar call at the end here, just in a little bit. You, I love picking on my wife. She goes and she hits a button, and if it does not immediately come on, any of y'all out there like that, you hit the button, oh, this thing's broke, it doesn't work, and I'll and I walk over and like, bing, and walk away and it starts working. Then she's mad at me after that. But how many times do you hit that button or you're standing in that line and it's just not going fast enough for you because the wait process that we have, we just don't like to wait. We're impatient because we live in a microwave society where we're supposed to just bring it out. It's supposed to happen. When we're, you're supposed to be advanced in your job after two weeks. It does take a little longer to be the CEO of the company than two weeks. But we don't like to wait on anything. We hit that refresh button on our computer. What do we want to do after a while? We want to throw that computer completely out to the parking lot, right? The spinning wheel that never, the eternal spinning wheel. Does that ever make you mad? It does me. But hit refresh means this. It means waiting. And not just waiting, but actively waiting. There's a difference between waiting and actively waiting. There's a story in the Bible about Abraham, an Old Testament saint that God told Abraham, he says, you're going to be the father of many nations. First of all, he told Abraham, he said, I want you to go out. I want you to leave the country that you're in right now. I want you to, and he had it pretty good there. It was actually, he was a rich guy. He said, I want you to go out to the place and I'll tell, where am I going, God? I'll tell you when you get there. Do you all like that one? No, because I want to know where I'm going before I get there. But Abraham, he said, I want you to go, and I'll tell you when you get there. He said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and you're going to have a son. It didn't happen right away for Abraham. Eighty years old, he's still waiting on a son. But the thing about Abraham is, and that's why he's in the hall of faith right now, is he told him he kept the hope, and he still believed what God told him was going to happen. So many times we start waiting, and when the enemy comes in, it brings disbelief into your mind. And, and this church would not be here if we gave up some four years ago and disbelieved because God said, keep going, keep doing, and I'm going to show you. You'll be the father of many nations. When God said you'll have hundreds of young people around you, that, sometimes that didn't look like it was going to happen. But listen, when you trust God, he'll make it happen. Active waiting reveals who and what you're placing your trust in. Those that wait upon money, those that wait upon a better opportunity, those that wait upon anything else other than the Lord 
are going to have a hard time renewing their strength. Active waiting also does this. It builds your faith. And active waiting makes you say that God has to be first on the list. Matthew 6, 33. But seek the kingdom of God and his, but seek first, sorry. Seek, we're seeking, but first is the, is the big word right there. Seek the kingdom of God first. And all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You've been trying to get, get God first. You've been trying to advance, put God first. You've been wanting something to happen and break through in your life, put God first. You got to put him over your family, over your friends, over your jobs, over your hobbies, active waiting. Also, whoo, I'm sweating up here. Active waiting can also be preparing you for something. Can I just tell you, God's pruning, pruning process has a purpose. Bearing fruit, my love, my love of my life loves bearing fruit. That's her favorite scripture. But bearing fruit hurts sometimes. But you know what? The pruning process of where God is trying to take you to, he's snipping this off of you. He's snipping that off of you. He's cutting you down a little bit. He's trying to get you to a place where, where you're going to listen to him. But listen. It's how you wait that will t determine how much fruit you're going to bear. A lot of us wait with a bad attitude. God, I'm waiting on you, but you better hurry up. God, I'm, I'm going to wait here on you, but this is really ticking me off. This took me like two years to get this. Say, when are you ever going to do anything? We wait with a bad attitude. We wait with a negative spirit. And we want to sit and complain all the time, all the while we're waiting. And you know what God does when you get in that spirit? He makes you wait longer. He's trying to take all of that out of you to get you to a place to say, okay, God, I'm going to wait with expectation. A lot of us wait in the wrong attitude. But a lot of us also passively wait. Passive wait does this. It doesn't take a lot of energy. Doesn't take a lot of attention. Doesn't take a lot of commitment on your part. If God wants me, he knows where to find me. He knows everything about me, so why should I go after him? But i got to let you know that people are watching you and actively waiting points other people to Jesus. And when you honor God by your waiting in your life, it shows that God is at work through you and in you. If people can't see a change in you, you need to change. I'm being honest this morning. If they can't see something different about you because you go to big church, and it's not because you go to big church, it's because you found your purpose. Has nothing to do with these four walls. Has all to do with him. God calls us to actively pursue him. Good intentions are not enough. I intend to start working out tomorrow. Chris Brown, how many times have you said you intend to do it, but it's about time you did it? You can intend to do a lot of things and never follow through with them. And guess where you'll be? You'll be in the same old place you've always been. Active waiting requires your action. And you've got to live in expectation. Isaiah 4, I'm going back here. But those that wait and hope on the Lord shall renew their strength. Renew means this. It means an activity after an interruption. How many of us have faced interruptions in our lives? 
Maybe you lost somebody in your family. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you've been divorced. Maybe there's a diagnosis that you didn't know you were going to get or you didn't expect. Maybe you had a miscarriage and, and, and you're still holding on to that. And, and maybe there's a bankruptcy where you made some bad choices. But there are interruptions in life. But let me tell you how God interrupts sometimes. God often interrupts for a purpose. He went and talked to a boy named David one time out in the middle of nowhere. He went and talked to a young boy about 13 years old. And he told him, I'm about to take you for to be a shepherd to a king. And oftentimes he interrupts in and you have the waiting process. He came and talked to a man named Paul. And Paul was considered a murderer. He was a murderer, sorry. He killed, he was killing the Jews. And after he had an encounter with God, and after something changed on the road to Damascus, he was the greatest preacher who ever lived and wrote two-thirds of the, of the New Testament. God interrupts you sometimes for his glory. What the enemy meant for evil... God's going to turn it around for your good. I got Somebody need to hear that. What the enemy meant for evil, God's about to turn it around for your good. That thing you went through and you don't know why you went through it, I'm going to tell you one day you're going to come on the other side of it and God's going to show you why you went through it. Woo. There was a young girl named Mary. She's just sitting around chilling, about 12 or 13. And God, angel, showed up to her and said, hey, you're about to birth the Savior of the world. There is something inside of you that God wants to birth if you don't give up. There's something inside of you that if you will take it through to fruition, God is going to show you what's on the other side of that thing. Don't give up. He does this in our lives. He interrupts us because we've grown cold. We've gotten apathetic. We got lifeless in our relationship with him. Listen to this. These interruptions can serve as a wake-up call to get our focus back on what's eternal, not what's around us. So many times we're so focused on everything that's around us, we can't see the big picture. I'm trying not to look at the news and see the, the, the negativity out there because I know that's not the end of the story. That's not how my book ends. You gotta get your mind off those material and insignificant things. Sometimes God decides to hit refresh to break into your mundane, easygoing, stagnated spiritual life. You know why he wants to do that? He wants to speak new truth to you. He wants to lead you in a new direction. You may be going one way, but God says, hit refresh, he may send you another direction. He wants to infuse new purpose. He wants to infuse new meaning into your life. And here's the biggest thing. He wants to reestablish a relationship with him. God's interruptions show this, that you're not forgotten. You're not forsaken. God interrupts you and shows you because he, he wants to let you know that he knows you. You may feel like that you're out there and nobody knows what's going on in your life. and You may have cried yourself to sleep at many nights. But I'm going to let you know something this morning. God's been there. He knows you. He knows. He cares about you. He knows you. He chose you. And there's something that he's only designed for you to do. So we got to let these interruptions sometimes come to fruition. Are you ready to hit refresh in 2021? 
Come on, are you ready to hit refresh in 2021? Thank you, Gary. Y'all would have to be a staff retreat to get that one. Listen, Gary. Could this be the year that could change your life? Could this be the God-interrupted year that you've been looking for? Even though you came out of one way, God says, what, the way you came out of one season, I'm not going to take you into it. This could be the new year for you. Hit refresh also means to restore. Psalms 23.3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Restore means bring back to a former position or condition or to put back into possession. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Restoration comes in a lot of ways. I remember my own life. I served God when I was young and went my own way for a lot of years and got back to serving him again and then got caught up in the world again. Happens if you're not careful. But I can remember a time when I thought God was done with me. Have you ever felt like that? Anybody in here? God, God can't possibly use me anymore. There's no way. I can remember a time just sitting in a bar and, 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 and trying to get drunk. I was trying. I was doing my very best to. But the more I drank, the less drunk I got. Isn't that crazy? And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me as clear as me standing here to you. He says, I got more for you than what you're doing sitting here right now. I got more for you than what you're about to try to do. And, and, and it didn't. I want to tell you that God restored me overnight. He didn't. It was a process. I had to get myself back in the process and say, okay, God, I want you to do in me what you did to me years ago. But I always love it because he's always there to restore and to regain you back into his possession. He restored me. Am I still a work in progress? Yep. Raise your hand. Raise your hands. So are you. But here's the good thing about God. He loves works in progress. And the only way that he stops working is when you just stop doing the progress. Oh, that was free. The refresh button on a computer. Refresh is another way of describing reloading. As the refresh rate increases, the image of what you want to see becomes clearer. Maybe you wonder why there is no clarity in your life. Maybe you're not seeing the refreshing that you really want to see in your life. Could it be that you're standing at the same old computer screen... Oh, this is good. I ain't got there yet. You're standing and looking and staring at the same old computer screen. You're standing and staring and staying in the same relationship that God said you need to be out of. You're going to the same places and you're doing the same things. And God is begging you. He is pleading with you. Hit refresh. Hit refresh. You know why? Because he wants to take you to a new page. That one you've been clicking on ain't working anymore for you. What you've been looking at ain't working for you anymore. What you've been dreaming about is not your dream anymore because God says hit refresh because I got a new plan for you. He wants to make you the newest version of you. 
Isaiah 40, 31, we're going back. He said, they'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll preach and not sweat. I don't know. Is that a miracle? Or, okay. And they shall walk and not faint. Listen to me. God intended you to soar like an eagle. Not walk around on the ground with look like a bunch of chickens. You tell them from the country. He meant for you to run this race like it's a marathon. Not a sprint. Because most of the time we got to stay in the race. He wants us to walk with him each day, each day so we won't be weary. Number three. I'm preaching a little longer this morning because somebody told me I needed to. So, aha, I get to. Number three. Hit refresh. Repentance. I wanted to say that in my Billy Graham voice, but I couldn't quite, I didn't know how to say that. But repentance is huge. Acts 3.19. Repent, therefore, and be converted. What does repentance do? That your sins may be blotted out, not just because forgiveness, so that a time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. All we need to do is to submit and admit. You gotta submit to God and you gotta admit what you've done wrong. Bringing things before God frees you from guilt. It frees you from shame. It frees you from condemnation. Have you ever had something you've been hiding and you didn't wanna tell anybody and when it finally came out you felt better about it even though you're in trouble over it? Y'all ain't never been in trouble over a secret? I have. And once it came out, yeah, there was hell to pay, but I felt better about it because I admitted it. He calls us to wash our hands, to sin, and to purify our hearts. I didn't write this. Verse 10, I didn't write what was before it. It says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew, don't you love all these renew, refresh, a steadfast spirit within me. Renew Here's another definition. I love definitions. Here we go. Renew means extend for a, for a further period. Like you were going to renew your subscription, right? The reason you are here today is because God renewed himself to you. You were separated from God. You were dead in your sins. You had no hope. And God hit the refresh button in Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad? He refreshed you with Jesus. Maybe you've hit the refresh button before and failed. But I got good news for you today. God is the God of renewal and restoration. No matter how many high times you may fall, you may have failed or fallen. God, it falled. That's not even a word. Failed or fallen. God's there to pick you back up. He has extended his grace and his mercy to us. So that's why the Bible says you can go boldly to the throne of grace. Hit refresh. Number four is rest. Oh, here's the one that gets us. How many of us fail at this one? Rest is not a bad word. Every time you see a baby crying, you say, oh, they just need a nap. About three o'clock every day, they see Pastor Rich quiet, crying. They say, he just needs a nap. 
You can see it starts hitting me about 2.30-ish. And then I, I start getting that look in my eyes and my wife's looking at me like, you might just need to go take a little power nap or, or whatever nap you need. But there's nothing wrong with taking a rest, but I'm not talking about just a rest and a nap. I'm talking about why is the Sabbath day important? Why is not just Sunday? Because I, I spoke to our leadership and I told them Sunday for us is like a work day. You come in and your, your mind's going 100 miles an hour and you're thinking about all the stuff that's going wrong. What, what's not gonna go right? And, and before too long, you've lost your whole day. But why is the Sabbath so important? Because in Genesis, it says on the seventh day, God rested. He took a chill. He laid back. He said, okay, it's good. Everything's good. There needs to be a time in our life when we just sit back and we say, okay, all of the stuff on my computer can wait. All my work can wait. The things that have around me. And listen, I grew up, I grew up where I didn't do nothing on Sunday. Zero. You went to church Sunday morning and Sunday night, and in between, you better not get your clothes dirty. Because you're going back to church Sunday night. I couldn't play sports on Sunday. I couldn't do a lot of things that everybody else was doing on Sunday. And I thought that was so bad. But I really think that now that was very legalistic. But there was also some truth to it too. There needs to be a day or a time, whether it's Sunday or whatever day you pick, that you just rest in God. You say, God, I'm giving you this time of my day. I'm giving you this time in my heart to spend time with you. And I'm not going to worry about everything that's going on. The Sabbath is still important today because God still thinks it's important. He says, remember the Sabbath day. He says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The Sabbath was also about peace and not, it was about, not about peace, but ritual, religious rituals. That was a lot of R's. There has to be some time set aside for God to reset your mind, to reset your body, to reset your soul and get back into communion with him. Listen to Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 in the message. I love this. And let this sink in. Are you tired? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace I'm not gonna lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. We should start taking our worries to God. We should start taking our troubles to God. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. If you look in front of you, there's a, a colored card in front of you and a pen. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you to take that. We're not done yet. To take that and write down something that you wanna leave going into this new year. Maybe there's something that you've had from 2020 and you just, I, 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 I don't wanna carry that into this new year. Maybe you're still holding on to it and we're 10 days in. I'm gonna ask you to write that on that. And then at the end, I'm gonna ask you to bring it up here and lay it all over the front of this altar, in the floor, wherever you want, because that's gonna be a symbolic gesture of leaving it here today. 
What does hit refresh mean in our lives? It means to renew that commitment of faith. It means restoration. It means knowing that God is still there. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. It means repentance, a new start, a new turnaround. It means rest in him. I'm gonna ask you to do something. Some of you are writing and that's okay. But I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and if you wanna still keep writing, that's fine. But don't look around the room. Let's be reverent. We're leaving the lights on right now. Maybe you've never made that commitment to hit God's refresh button through Jesus. Maybe you've never uh, committed your life to Christ. I'm gonna ask you to do something in a gesture just to lift up your hand. Nobody's looking around right now. If that's you, I see those hands. I see them. I'm gonna ask you to let him reset your life today. And maybe if you wanna recommit your relationship to him, how many need a recommitment this morning? Raise your hand, nobody's looking around. All over the room, people need to recommit their lives. So as you guys are writing, I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. As they get ready to sing a song, I'm gonna ask you as they get ready to sing this song, if you lifted your hand and you'd like me to pray with you, I'm gonna be on the left-hand side of the stage over here to pray for you for salvation and let you, and then lead you to where God wants you to be with Him. Or if you need prayer, the prayer team is gonna be on the right and on the left. But as you watch people bring their cards forward, and you see them laying them out up here. It's a simple, it's gonna be that gesture that we're not taking this back with us anymore. It's not going back out the doors. So as they get ready to sing and you need prayer, come forward. But as you feel like you want to, come and lay your cards on the altar. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.